Are you feeling out of your depth attempting to parent your child's online world? Parenting in Cyberspace is brought to you by Parentline and the Queensland Government. This season talks about supporting young people's online well-being and experiences with cyberbullying. The main reason that any child will tell an adult either they're being bullied is that they want it to stop. All children who are being bullied want the bullying to stop. In this episode of the Parenting in Cyberspace podcast, I'm really excited to be joined by Dr. Marilyn Campbell. Dr. Campbell is a professor at the Queensland University of Technology and is a registered teacher as well as being a registered psychologist. Her main clinical and research interests are the prevention and intervention of anxiety disorders in young people and the effects of bullying, especially cyberbullying in schools. Dr. Campbell, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Could you start by telling us a little bit about some of the research involving bullying and cyberbullying that you're involved in at the moment? Well, at the moment, we're very interested in looking at why children actually don't tell adults when they have been bullied. This is the prevalent advice at the moment. Last century, it used to be that bullying was considered to be a childhood rite of passage, that most children got bullied. In fact, it was character building. Uh, What didn't kill you actually made you stronger. So therefore, children were just left to their own devices. But since Dan Olvaez actually uh, in the 1970s started looking at uh, the effects of bullying and being victimised in children and found such negative consequences, then adults in the last 50 years have actually been trying to assist children who have been victimised. And the first advice to children who had been bullied was just ignore it, walk away, don't let them see that they've hurt you and they will stop it. However, we have since learned that ignoring abuse, even if it's children to children, is not the right way to go because these children are still being damaged and hurt and have these negative consequences. So just telling them to ignore it isn't right. So the prevailing advice at the moment from adults to children who have been bullied is that they actually should tell an adult. But, of course, they often don't. So what we're doing is looking at the reasons that children actually tell us why they don't tell an adult. Because if this advice is going to be any good, we've got to know that. We've got to understand what it is that drives them to tell adults and what drives them to keep it as a secret. And what have been some of the things that young people have shared in that research about why they would or wouldn't tell an adult? Well, there are lots of reasons. The main reason that any child would tell an adult, either they're being bullied, is that they wanted to stop. All children who are being bullied want the bullying to 
to stop. And I think as parents, what that's what we have to keep in mind. That's the foremost thing that children want is for it to stop. So younger children who trust adults to fix their problems are more likely to tell an adult because they're used to adults helping them and will tell them. But as children become older, they are more sceptical about whether adults actually can intervene helpfully Mm -hmm. because sometimes it is not helpful. And they also feel as an adolescent that they actually should be able to solve their problems by themselves Mm -hmm. and don't want to ask Mm -hmm. an adult to intervene. Therefore, one of the reasons that children have told us that they don't tell anybody at all is the shame Mm -hmm. of being bullied. Most children who've been bullied actually think it's their fault. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you say, oh, no, it's not your fault, it's fine. That's what they believe because why else would somebody bully them? Mm -hmm. They're not really thinking about the other person's perspective. Mm -hmm. They are more looking at the situation from their own. So being ashamed feeling guilty that they are actually being bullied and having other people know. Mm. That is incredibly shameful. Mm. So often when teachers are told that somebody is being bullied, Mm -hmm. well, the children tell us the whole school will know. Mm not only all of their friends but all of the friends of the children who are bullying them, Mm. the staff, and then often their parents, and it's a huge big deal and everybody knows about it and Mm. they tell us that increases the shame Mm. of being bullied and you just would not do it. There are some children that's also told us how they sometimes confided one girl in particular in their mother and said she was being bullied and her mother didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so her mother asked for advice at her work Mm. and the child was absolutely mortified that everybody at her mother's work knew that she was being bullied. And then at a family barbecue, again, the mother asked for help from her friends and the family members who were there. Mm -hmm. And again, the child was mortified that now all her family, all her friends, everybody in her world knew that she was bullied, said she would never, ever tell anybody again that she was being bullied because of that shame. That's really interesting that it does evoke such strong feelings of shame that then seem to be exacerbated by some of the things that as parents and carers we're 
encouraged to do with young people coming to us and telling us that they're experiencing these things. But it sounds like it's when they know that everyone else knows this thing that they've shared in confidence with their parent or their teacher that adds to those feelings of but shame. But it's not in confidence. Yes, yes. That's the problem. That's what the young people are telling us, that it's not in confidence. Mm. Any adult that you tell mm. will always go and tell other people. Mm. So mm. therefore, don't go and tell an adult. Mm. They make it worse. So they want to feel that when they do come to an adult, that that is going to be something that doesn't go any further than that person. And they don't have that cognitive capacity and that language capacity mm. to say, don't tell anybody. Mm. And besides, mm. often adults won't take any notice. Mm. Mm. <laughs> of course I'll tell somebody. Yeah. Um, it's my duty to tell somebody I'm not taking your wishes into account yeah. and therefore that discourages children from telling. Mm. Mm. And, in fact, a lot of the studies have shown, I've just finished a study with um, Teresa Shaw and Donna Cross from the Telephone Institute, where we uh, looked at those children who uh, had been bullied and then a year later, and then they told a teacher, and then a year later we asked them again what had happened. Those children who had only been slightly bullied or it wasn't very serious, they weren't bullied anymore mm -hmm. after 12 months. So it seemed that the intervention that the teacher had done was actually quite good. But those children who had been severely bullied and for a long time, it actually got worse, mm. just as that they were fearing. So we know that there's revenge mm. taken by those children who bully others. Mm. And, of course, the children who are bullied know that because those who are bullying them say, if you tell anybody, it will be worse for you. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem in our society as well because we're giving these mixed messages to children. We say, don't be a tattletale. Don't tell on other kids just to get them into trouble. Mm. Don't actually be a dobber. Mm, mm. This is not good. Mm. Even the American crime TV shows now say uh, snitches get stitches. Mm, mm -hmm. So we are on the one hand telling children, don't dob, don't tattletale, don't get other kids into trouble, mm. but tell us if you're being bullied. Mm. Now, kids are being told these two messages and... They don't know mm. what to think. They don't know who to believe. Do I actually tell on somebody who's hurting me or is that the wrong thing in our society? Is that not a norm in our society? You don't dob. Mm. Uh, and yet I'm told, yes, I should tell. So I'm not sure what to do. They're um, getting confused messages about the difference between dobbing and then telling to get support when something is hurting them. Well, we need to teach them the difference between dobbing and reporting. Mm -hmm. So 
right from right from prep grade one, we've got to be saying to children mm. when we say don't dob, mm. when they say you said that we had to use a pencil and Mary's using a red pen mm-hmm. and the teacher says don't dob, don't tell on somebody to get them into trouble. Mm. How is that different mm. from reporting harm to you or someone else? Mm. So we've got to be very clear about our words. We want you to report if there is harm to you or somebody else, mm-hmm. but we don't want you to dob to get somebody else into trouble, mind your own business. Yeah. But we've got to be very clear and everybody's got to be very clear about getting that message that reporting is fine Mm. but dobbing is not. And that, I think, really highlights the importance of language in this area but I think kind of across the board of teaching young kids that distinction between those two things because they are quite nuanced, the differences between those. And perhaps for adults, it's easier to identify what those differences are. But for young people, it does sound like conflicting and mixed messages. I also think that another point about language is our labelling of this Mm behaviour. If you actually listen back to what I've been saying, I have not said a bully or Mm -hmm. a victim. Mm -hmm. Because bullying is a Mm behaviour. It is not a characteristic of a child Mm. and it should not be a label of a child. Mm. If a child takes a rubber from the, the student sitting next to them without asking for it, you could say you're a thief. Mm. If you actually told a lie to get out of trouble, you say, you're a liar. Mm. We don't actually do it. We don't label kids, you're a liar, you're a thief, when they do something that is not right. We actually tell them, you don't take something without asking. Mm. You don't tell the uh, an untruth, even if it means you're getting into trouble. But we consistently say he was a bully, Mm. this was a victim, Mm. and we label kids by that Mm. and, of course, labels stick. Mm. So if you are being labelled a bully when you are quite young, Mm. then you think, okay, you'll live up to it as children do. Well, Mm. if I'm going to have this label, I may as well do it. Mm. So I think That's one of the really important things about language. Mm. And it's not teaching children, it's teaching parents Mm. and teaching teachers to be able not to use this shorthand. And it takes some time because I slip up sometimes too, but I'm very conscious Mm. when I'm talking about bullying behaviour to make sure that I label it as a behaviour and not label the child. The way that you've put that there with your example is such a great way of explaining this and I, I agree. I think it's really important to keep that in mind when we're talking about these behaviours. But also I think that person-centred language can really apply to so many different things. I think that that will provide a really good explanation of how to do it and the importance of doing that. So one of the things that we've touched on is this idea of they are reluctant to share what's happening to them with adults because they're fearful that that will be 
shared with other people and that will increase those feelings of shame. What are the positive ways that they're looking for support? So when they come to an adult, what are the things that an adult can do that are what those young people are looking for? I don't think that young people are looking for support. Mm -hmm. I think that that's an adult concept. Mm -hmm. I actually think that young people want the bullying to stop. Mm -hmm. Now, because the definition of bullying is intentional harm, which is usually repeated, with an imbalance of power, and that imbalance of power means that the child cannot get the bullying to stop by themselves. That's what bullying is. Mm. So that's why adults say, come and tell an adult because an adult can get it to stop. Now, that's not actually quite true mm -hmm. because adults often intervene in incorrectly and mm -hmm. increases the bullying instead of decreasing it. But I think, as I said, it is not about support. It is not about, oh, well, let's go and go to dancing and let's go to football and let's take your mind off it, mm -hmm. which is like ignoring it. And all of those other things that you might say will acknowledge their feelings, etc. Yes, of course, you acknowledge their feelings. One of the difficulties that children say they have, especially with their parents, is that they are afraid of their parents' reaction because parents often get very angry when they know that their child has been bullied. And so sometimes that anger is turned on those people who are doing the bullying and they are afraid that their dad might uh, race around to their neighbour's house and yell at, at the children who are doing the bullying and that's incredibly embarrassing. Or they might get angry with them, especially with cyberbullying. Oh, well, you won't be on the computer and I'll take away your phone and therefore you won't be able to be cyberbullied. So they get angry at the child as if the child has done something wrong in the first place. So it's very, very difficult because the child will only tell an adult if they want the bullying to stop. They don't want support. Mm -hmm. They don't want to say, that's all right, do you want to go to McDonald's? Mm -hmm. They just want the bullying to stop. But they might not want you to tell anyone about it. Mm. Now, the way that you get around that is you keep calm if your child says that they've been bullied. You tell them how brave they are in confiding in you. And this goes for teachers and for parents. Mm. You can say, I, I just think you are so brave in being able to tell me. That must be really, really difficult for you. And you probably don't want me to tell anybody else. And just at the moment, I won't until we've talked a bit mm -hmm. and you tell me about it and you tell me what's happening and then you acknowledge their feelings, not yours, mm. you acknowledge the child's feelings and then you ask them, you came to me and I'm very honoured that you came to me. You must really trust me. Mm. 
how do you want me to help you? Now, a lot of adults will just freak at that. Mm. But what if, what if the child says this? What if the child says that? The child's already taken that risk mm. because they want the bullying to stop mm. so much. And you can talk them around. It's like children who have been abused sexually. Mm-hmm. They might come and give you a tiny hint, but they won't want anyone to know. Mm. And it takes hours in counselling a child who has been sexually abused to get them to the point of saying, you really want it to stop. Mm. They don't actually want anyone to be punished. Mm. And yet, especially teachers will often take that disciplinary action. Mm. One of the studies that we did again in Western Australia we thought that we should take the emphasis away from supporting the children who have been bullied, Mm -hmm. not take the support away but the emphasis, Mm -hmm. and try and do something with those children who are persistently bullying. Mm. And we thought that in a school, the school psychologists or the school counsellor could actually help these children. Mm. But first, of course, most of the children who bully others don't want to change their behaviour because they're getting huge rewards from doing this behaviour. So we thought, first of all, we would need to try motivational interviewing to, like with drug and alcohol, say mm-hmm. there's good things and bad things and we want you to get to the point where you can change. Now, we had, we trained about 100 school counsellors. Only about three ever got to see a student who actually was bullying others. Mm. That's because if anybody was found out that they were bullying others, the deputy principal Mm. would apply disciplinary measures. Mm. It sounds almost like switching the uh, focus for the young people who are engaging in these bullying behaviours from a punishment-type focus to almost like a rehabilitative kind of focus, but it sounds as well like a real whole school approach is absolutely needed for even things those, like that. Even those schools who knew yeah, yeah. we were doing the study yeah. still were very rigid mm. in saying this is a wrong behaviour, you punish wrong behaviours and that will stop it. Mm. It doesn't, mm. but schools if they have this in their policy, and you can see that a lot of schools don't have a separate anti-bullying policy. Mm. They, in fact, have it in their behaviour management Mm -hmm. uh, policy, which is fine, Mm. except that some of the behaviour management consequences don't actually fit bullying others Mm. and it doesn't stop the behaviour. But because that's in the rules and this is what you do, then... 
we have mass education, so we have mass punishment if you do something wrong. Mm. And they're not differentiating of the motives of those children who are doing this kind of behaviour are actually different from motives of, of other children in doing the wrong thing. And would you say different from the motives of just being unkind in sort of a one-off sense versus the... Well, that's, that's another difficulty, isn't it? Because when we were talking about language before... Bullying for me as a researcher has a very definite meaning of mm. intention to harm, it can't be accidental, mm. that it's usually repetitive, which means that it was intending to harm and, of course, the most important one is the power imbalance, mm. that the other child cannot get the bullying to stop. But people have morphed the word into meaning different kinds of things. Mm. So just as we used to have uh, a word called sad, mm. well, children aren't sad anymore, they're depressed. Mm -hmm. So we have people aren't a bit scared anymore, they're anxious. Mm. So we've kind of taken these psychological words and we've broadened them mm. to mean lots of things. If you sit in the same place in the staff room every day, oh, well, you must be on the spectrum or you're OCD of your very tidy desk. So mm. we've taken these psychological terms and which clinicians and researchers define very accurately and made them into everyday type words. And bullying is one of the everyday type words that adults and children mm. just use for anything. And bullying is not just being mean. It's mm. not being rude. It's not being nasty. It's those three criteria that we mean by bullying, but a lot of people don't. Mm. So some kids may not even tell an adult even if they're bullied because they don't actually understand mm. bullying. Mm. Or they might say they're being bullied when in fact they're not. Mm. And then teachers think they're crying wolf and don't take any notice of them. So mm. it's an incredibly difficult and complex subject that really doesn't have a lot of clear-cut answers. Mm. But I think the one thing that we are really learning in talking to children themselves is actually we should be listening to what they want mm, mm. because we as adults don't know the social circumstances in their peer group. Mm. And unless we take advice from the children about what they would like to have happen and empower them because they are powerless in mm. this situation, which is why they have asked for help, mm. then we are not going to be helping them in any way to try and reduce Bullying. That is such a fantastic piece of advice for anyone listening is keeping in mind what the young person is asking for in terms of support or asking them what they would like in terms of support when they come to us and tell us about these situations. I think really important as well to remind ourselves that young people will be scared, not just of the situation that's happening, but also of what consequences might occur from coming to us as adults and sharing these stories with us. 
I'm now joined by Kim Harper, who is a parenting expert and the Parent Line Manager, to discuss what we've learned today and how you, as parents and carers, can use this information when parenting your children and young people. Kim, thanks again for joining me. Thanks for having me. Dr. Campbell and I discussed through the episode the idea of the difference between tattling or dobbing on someone just to get them into trouble versus reporting something to keep yourself or another person safe. For example, in instances perhaps where a young person or someone that they know is experiencing or engaging in bullying or cyberbullying behaviours, how can we break down those concepts in a way that children can understand from a really young age? Look, I think this is a really good example of kind of normalising this conversation and taking the online part of it away a little bit because it doesn't change. This hasn't changed. It's about having a conversation with our kids and that's going to change dependent on the developmental age that they are. So we're going to start young. We're going to start, you know, teaching our kids that there's nothing that they can't come and speak to us about first and foremost. So we want them to almost bring everything to us and then we're going to kind of build on and, and support what then we're going to kind of explain to them what are things that they can work out, navigate, problem solve, figure out on their own. It's our job to kind of support that independence and problem solving for themselves. But when we're talking about kind of safety, then we're also going to be able to kind of distinguish between what what we can help them with. So starting from a young age or from any age really with checking in during a conversation where perhaps our child has brought something to us and asking them more about what they think should be done in this situation, getting them to problem solve these relationship or whatever difficulty difficulties they're having so that then as they get older or as they develop more, they start to learn and better understand the situations where they themselves are able to deal with what's going on and problem solve without involving a parent or an adult and they then get that learning through those situations. Absolutely. Like that's, that's our job. Our job is to be a safety net right? It's, it's to impart skills for our kids that they can kind of figure this stuff out, but they know. They know that they've got the safety net, that if things are too hard, that they can come to us for help. I think it's really important to kind of think about that there's not always a perfect result, right? There's not always an answer that we're going to, if we find this answer, then that's going to resolve this issue perfectly. In fact, it's pretty rare, that we're going to get a perfect result. So the main thing is really about that your child does not feel alone. The main thing is that that's something that you guys are doing, that they're doing together, that they're working out together, that they're supporting and and getting the support that they need to be able to do that, like you said. And it's okay to say this might not get fixed. I don't know what the what the perfect answer to this is. And I think that that's really important because I'm like not only in this subject but in numerous subjects that, that our kids the first heartbreak, the struggling with with studies. I don't think it matters what it is. We're not always going to get a perfect fix. Kim, thank you so much for joining me. That was That was a really great breakdown of some of the things that we can teach our kids from a young age and then also some of the things that parents and carers can keep in mind during these conversations. 
To find out more about anything we've discussed on today's episode, access free resources or get in touch with the show, please visit parentline.com.au and hit the cyberbullying tab. If you'd like to talk privately with a professional counsellor, please call Parentline on 1300 30 1300 or visit parentline.com.au to chat to us online.